Are you, are you coming to the tree? Wear a necklace of rope side by side with me. Strange things that happen here, no stranger would it be. If we met up at midnight in the hanging tree. Kids get blown up a lot. Kids get blown up a lot. Kids get blown up a lot. The number of descriptions of children having buildings fall on them is greater than you would think (laughs) in a popular YA series. Like, it's basically like Suzanne Collins opened up her file and was like, uh, descriptions of children having buildings fall on them. Here we go. Yoink, and then she just it's threw them not in. Just, it's not just that children have buildings fall on them, but a specific group of children and a specific child <laughs> is blown up. And uh, it's interesting. And uh, Interesting is covering all manner of things here. It's interesting how many ways in which Katniss Everdeen is psychologically and physically tortured in, in these Seer Hunger games. This book near, it, like, it reaches like sallow levels of just like, like <laughs> PTSD and shame and degradation and just like how much can one human being endure? It's like, because I don't know, a lot of war stories, at least when they go home, things are okay. Like, at least there's like something to look forward to somewhere in your life. But this is a girl who's just, she's been put through the ringer and now there is Nothing in the world to enjoy. Period. Yeah. Why did I? Okay. Thinking about why we started doing these books specifically. It was retribution. What are we doing these books for, by the way? Why are we talking about (laughs) Mockingjay? Uh, Because we are Pizza Toast, a a YA books and media podcast starring me, Phil, and me, Christy. Ta da! Ta da! We started out as a recording in a different room from usual, so it's probably going to sound weird. We started out as a Babysitter's Club Netflix adaptation podcast. We were only going to do a few episodes and then call it quits, but here we are, several, almost three years later, still going strong. Now we talk about books that sort of focus on female protagonists or central female characters and the media adaptations thereof, up to and including weird Thanksgiving song and dance performances starring the main characters of the novel series, which did not happen for the Hunger Games. But if there had been a Hunger Games float in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade with them dancing to, like, Girl, Girlfriend, I I would have, I would have, I don't know, rocketed through the ceiling. I have, I will say, like, if I had the song from Mockingjay, from the movie Mockingjay, stuck in my head for, like, the last month and a half, and it's, uh, I'm really excited we are about to get there, because it is a bright light in the darkness and the punishing, uh, unrelenting darkness that is Mockingjay the book. Well, I have gotten to listen to Tatiana Maslany sing the song from the book Mockingjay several times because it has several reprises in the book and they picked a haunting melody for it for her to sing. And I don't know if you ever heard, never heard Tatiana Maslany sing. She sounds like a terrified peppermint patty at the best Can of I times. Can I ask you if she sounded like a Victorian child? 
Yeah, she sounds uh, like a waif, and it's brilliant. And, of course, every time she sings it, she literally starts crying in the recording studio. She loves to do that, it sounds like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's I read a... this. Uh, I read this book. Uh, I can't just like I can't remember if I told you this story because in the moment when it happened, I was I, my bones and my and nay my entire existence crumbled to dust. Uh, I was reading this book as I have read the the um the hardcover editions of all three of them because I do own the box set that they released in like 2010 or whatever they possibly could whenever this book came out uh i was reading it in a bar because i read books in bars a lot and i'm realizing this as we're doing this podcast that i read books in bars a lot and i took out the book and i was about to start reading it and there were two young women and young will become the operative word here as one of them looked over and said to me now that's a good book and i said yeah it really is and then she said I read it in eighth grade. <laughs> there are people in this world who read The Hunger Games when they were in eighth grade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there I don't are like pe- it. Yeah. <laughs> there are people in this world who uh, who are who are holding down better paying jobs than me who weren't born when uh, George Bush was reading that little goat book. And uh... <laughs> one of my cats is using the litter box and being as loud as he possibly can about it. I can like, actually hear it, which is the which is I very knew that rare. I knew you'd be able to. It was a nice slap, 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 slap noise. Uh, so Mockingjay, Mockingjay, 2010's Mockingjay, 2010, I believe. 2010, it's under Mockingjay. the laptop, so I can't get it out. 2010. Is the year of Mockingjay a uh, uh, the third book in the Hunger Games series? Uh, picks up right where the the third and final book in the Hunger Games trilogy. Yes, but not the last Hunger Games book. Right. Said Collins will write. Oh no, uh, Mockingjay picks up a few months after Catching Fire ends, or like a few weeks <laughs> or so. Uh, Katniss is settled into District Thirteen, and it sounds like a boring place to live. It sounds bad. It doesn't yeah. sound like torturous. She's certainly been in worse places. Yeah, but, but it, there it's are ways in which an, this is not that much better. It's definitely an underground bunker type situation where you are you have your daily schedule what like tattooed on your arm every day. And... Yeah, it's tattooed on your arm every day, and you have to like hold it up to something in order to show. I guess. Not peacekeepers, but people who might as well be peacekeepers, right. uh, who are kind of helping keep you in check. Uh, we're introduced to this whole new cast of distinctly uncolorful characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, it's something they've got. Because yeah, because we have all of our usual our usual gang of idiots, but then we also you know like. <laughs> Finnick's a much bigger presence in this book. Uh, Gale's a much bigger presence in this book than he has been in the past. But we also Gale's have a Annie. huge part of this book. Yeah, we also get Annie Cresta. Uh, we get President Alma Coyne of District 13. How you could be president of a district, I don't know, but she is the president. We get Boggs, <laughs> who is uh who who becomes a major player. He is a a a the captain of like the guard, I think. A captain of yeah, like the can't army? get enough of that guy. He's a lot of fun. Uh, genuinely, that sounded sarcastic. I like him a lot. Um, and, and then Paler. Uh, we have, uh, and, 
Eventually, we have Castor and Pollux and mm-hmm. Cressida, yes. who are uh, no Troilus, the film though. crew. And she also has uh, Cressida, who is the person who does like the, the propos, like the propaganda pieces. Uh, oh. They end up like uh, cutting in on uh, capital or capital broadcasts in order to like push their agenda, which we'll get to. Uh, Cressida has a personal assistant. I do not know this person's name because they uh, basically are a non-entity. Yeah, there's there's a lot of characters in this book, and uh, a lot. the the cast just grows and grows as as the story goes along, which is which makes sense because. Mockingjay, if I can just come right out and say it, Mockingjay is at least two novels worth of novel uh, pushed into a book about the same length as the other two Hunger Games books. There's a there's lot a really going on. Solid, there's a really solid midpoint. Like you could tell where she could have cut this book in half. Mm-hmm. I understand why they didn't do that. Uh, there would have been riots in the streets, not unlike the riots that occur <laughs> in this book. But you but, you uh, brush past a lot of stuff in the first half. Like it just there is stuff you can't even. You're like, wait, this is wait who? Wait what? What happened? Like someone so was back? Like this person's not dead? Wait what? And then it's just you just keep just barreling forward at this relentless pace, which is good because you don't lose interest. But there's a lot of stuff that I was like, wait, I don't, I'm not even sure how I'm supposed to feel about some of these plot developments. I'm not sure how you're supposed to feel about this book broadly. Well, I, I think there's a lot. No, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things that happen. If I could just under, <laughs> there's a lot of things that happen that kind of leave you wondering, like, why are we dwelling on this particular thing when there is so much else going on? It's a very horrors of war book. It's a very like this is what war does to a person or a regime or like and I think these are these are things that are fairly well done, but like you said, there is so much that happens. Yeah, uh, it's uh, divided into three sections like the other books, but each section is just massive, like with just with plot. A lot just yeah, there's a lot of plot in this book, and but yeah, but like you, you, you said something interesting, which was that it's weird what she dwells on and what is just sort of mentioned by other characters. And I get that Katniss, we're still seeing stuff from Katniss's perspective, but there are things that happen to Katniss that we only know about from her catching us up later. And I'm like, there's things that I would have loved to have seen dramatized that we just sort of get secondhand told secondhand, and I'm like. This isn't a diary. This is just stream of consciousness or something. I don't know how we're supposed to be here. This isn't the red book, like like written by <laughs> Frodo Baggins. This is this is just Katniss's brain. Uh, we're just like and Katniss's I don't know. brain is not a great place to be at this no, point in history. <laughs> but you know what would be a worse place to be? Peta's brain. I was gonna say, is it Peta's brain? Because uh, have you? You've never seen the films, have you? I have not seen the films yet. Nope. Nope. Okay. Wait on I, those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I won't uh, dwell I, too yeah. hard on that. Then don't uh, dwell too hard on it until we get to the movies. I will do that next week. Uh, it, I actually like had this thought at one point. What if we cover the first half of the book and then and watch, then watch the, the first movie and cover the second half? Because there is a very clear, there's a clear cutoff point. Uh, 
but it involves Peta heavily because Peta doesn't show up. Okay, Peta's in this book pretty early, but yeah. we are only seeing him on television right. and finding out like, okay, he's held by the Capitol. We already know that. Uh, yeah, because he was kidnapped exactly by them at the end of the last where, book. Yes, we just don't. We just don't know. Like they could be torturing him. Maybe, maybe they're not. We they they have no idea. And then come to find out, Peta was not just tortured by the Capitol. Peta was like they did the thing uh, that you hear about, uh, like people like uh, people being tortured, where it would have been a, mar- a mercy for him to die. Right. They like everything. They, they it was primarily psychological torture they combined the psychological torture required to create a manchurian candidate with the psychological torture that malcolm mcdowell undergoes in clockwork orange like that it it reminded me very much of clockwork orange because i hadn't i watched that relatively recently and the thing about clockwork orange is that alex is a bad guy Whereas Peter Malark is the most perfect person on the planet. So for listeners who aren't familiar with Clockwork Orange, it's about a a, a socially, uh, uh, what's the term, like a social misfit who's violent and uh, just a horrible person and how he He loves to commit crimes. He loves to commit. Oh, boy, does he love crimes. He's a regular. He really enjoys crime. Yeah, he's a regular uh, too tall grizzly. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he's a real scam real, real real bully that guy no but so he he undergoes a process to cure him where they they force him to watch uh they they, they force him to associate things with like like displeasure but also like things he loves they force him to associate with displeasure and they like inundate him like it's just this like mind mess of a of a of a just a just a they just totally warp his brain. Uh, <laughs> but in order to make him passive and good and kind, and what P happens to Peta is they do the same thing, but with things that he is familiar with in order to make him not know truth from fiction, not know reality from fantasy, and believe that Katniss is his enemy. But they describe it in such a vivid, believable way and you see it manifest in such a believable way that it just makes it that much. It's not mad scientist stuff. It's like real horrible torture stuff. Yeah. So they use uh, tracker jackers. Yeah. This was like a tracker jacker venom, uh, which has uh, already been uh, weaponized in a way that uh, is like unimaginably terrible in the prior book. And they're like, okay, but what if we turned it up several notches? Yeah. What if we convinced PETA that? Katniss is like a tool of the rebellion created specifically to hurt him. Yeah. It's basically they start, Timothy Leary's yeah. acid experiments from the 1960s, but like cranked up to a billion and not trying to cure you of smoking, but trying to cure you of trusting. Right. So there's a lot of med- uh, memory modification that has been done even to some of the most mundane memories he has yeah. it's a lot of like oh Katniss tried to kill you in the games Katniss has always been your enemy Katniss never truly loved you like uh, just a lot of uh, uh, like not just like surface level this is bad just like tearing apart literally every like every fabric of his universe like shattering his heart into a million pieces over and over again also like 
making him hear and or see other people die like uh-huh. really uh not great not not great stuff and and you you originally only see Peta on television they they drag him out for interviews with what's his face with a uh... Stanley Tucci. Caesar Flickerman. Yeah. Caesar Flickerman. And you can tell that he's fighting something inside him. And at one point yeah. he manages to sort of like break through the, the the conditioning and warn District 13 that there's going to be an attack. Uh, and for that, he is. Oh, you mean the part where they get bombed? Oh, I the mean part the part where they get bombed and it's described for like a solid 15 pages. Yes, that But not part. bombed in a fun way like Hamish. But bombed no, in a, in a no, scary Hamish way. No, does uh, have the biggest laugh in this book for me, again. Uh, yes. Out of wanna, all I don't want to skate right past that. Yeah, so PETA, PETA, the nature of his torture, we don't get in, get to till halfway through the book. Right. Uh, but, but, but up until that then, point, oh. we have to learn all about how uh, Gale is a is a brilliant political mastermind. Uh, <laughs> which, which is basically just like, I made traps to catch rabbits, and now I made the traps to catch the people. That's my Gale impression. <laughs> he hangs which is out basically with what B he does. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, and this is the point at which the uh, it's not a, the metaphor doesn't. It's not that it breaks down for me, but like what Peter represents and what Gale represent get a little bit muddled in both cases because you have like Peter's Peter's broken. Peter's not who he used to be anymore, and maybe never will be again. And then Gale is just like, Gale decides murder is okay. Gale becomes like fully Machiavellian at one point. Well, yeah, because this, it it takes a while to get to where Suzanne Collins is going to go, which is Gale represents the uh, victory at all costs. There's no, there's all spare mm-hmm. in love and war, that, that whole philosophy of it doesn't matter what you need to do to win as long as you win. And PETA, the the issue is that PETA is so out of it for most of the book that his whole side is there, you know, diplomacy first, try to try to bring peace out before you fight. Like he's much more that. And plus, he's a much more of a moral center. Unfortunately, 90 percent of this book, he is barely cognizant of what's going on around him. Like even when he's fighting, he's still half programmed to kill Katniss and and, and indeed just kill other people who are on their side. Whether it's accidentally or not. Like, he's a mess. And I do really like that it is sort of left to question whether he murders the guy who was on their team or not. Like, it's like, well, he kind of threw him so he got stuck in a net and then stabbed to death or something like that. There's a lot of very gruesome deaths in the last um, quarter of Yeah, like book. quarter of the book. It's just like, do you want to... Do you want really long descriptions of people screaming as their flesh melts off their faces? Well, you're sure going to get it from the from You'll the, love this from the author of, of Gregor the Gruesome or whatever her previous book <laughs> series Gregor the was. Overlander, but I prefer uh, <laughs> Gregor the Gruesome. So, first of all, they rescue all of the all of the victors who were all the people who were kidnapped. They they bring them the tributes. They bring them back to District 13. And it's really weird because they're like, we have this plan to go rescue the, the, the prisoners. And she's like, OK. And then it's like two pages later, they're like, well, we did it. And I'm like, how did they do? <laughs> I guess Katniss wasn't privy to those plans. So we aren't either. And we never really there's all these moments where that are very much like Tolkien, where Tolkien would be like, and then the Ents reached Isengard and then it would cut to another scene, cut back and the Battle of Isengard is over. 
And the ants are just like, well, we did it. And <laughs> Tolkien's like, well, no one was, like, no one wrote that down, so we wouldn't know how the Battle of Isengard went. And that's what this book reminds me of at times, because you just don't hear how certain things go down. Yeah. So, like, at the beginning of the book, they haven't brought it, I think, who is still missing? Enabaria mm-hmm. is in the capital. Uh, Joanna. Peta and Joanna Annie. are all. And Annie. Annie Cresta. I think it Annie. Yeah. And it's true. There are a lot of rescue missions that occur when Katniss is either, like, checked out or just doesn't bother to tell us that they happened. Mm-hmm. Stuck. Uh, the the capital a... seems impregnable until it isn't at times. It's like, well, we went to the capital and got very... all the prisoners back. And I'm like, I don't understand cool. how you did it. What about the nut? <laughs> don't you got to crack the nut? Because wait, that nut, you got you to gotta penetrate the nut. That's a huge part of this book until it's not. Boy, you sure do learn a lot about the nut. And then they're like, ah, we're not going to do the nut. And then the nut's just not in the story anymore. The nuts of the story because there's the whole uh, there's the whole train thing. There's the whole like forcing people out of the nut. There's, a, there's the whole Katniss almost gets killed uh, because she's trying to help other people. Uh, it's Katniss does a lot of almost getting killed, but that's what she does in every book. So that part's not that remarkable. Yeah, they have to rescue Buttercup at some point, and we learn that Buttercup likes. They have to, to rescue Buttercup. Yeah, this one is harder to uh, like, even though it is again divided into three parts. It's not quite as clear cut as just just to clarify, I'm gonna read I'm gonna read to you. This is the first paragraph of the of the plot summary from the official Hunger Games fan wiki, which is a very <laughs> detailed wiki. Okay, so this is just Of course it is. The first paragraph says Katniss takes stock of her new position as a rebel in District 13. Only three victors were saved from the arena. Beatty, Finnick, and Katniss herself. But Peta Malark, along with the other victors, Enobaria, Joanna Mason, and Annie Cresta, were all captured and taken to the capital and held captive by President Cornelius Snow. Katniss is still haunted by Snow and fears for Peta's life. The book starts with Katniss in District 12, which has been reduced to ashes. Katniss alone wanted to see the district herself. While she is there, she takes back Buttercup, her father's old hunting jacket, a photo of her mother's wedding, and a book of plants. Before she leaves, she notices one of Snow's white roses on her dresser. And that's just like, yeah, there's so much detail. The taking of Buttercup, the rescuing of stuff from the house. President Snow was in the house and left a rose behind. Uh, then you learn about Coin, and then you learn that she's the Mockingjay, and they have to, like, duty her up to look all pretty in front of the cameras, but they're also going to be making, like, uh, uh, like promotional videos of featuring the Mockingjay, and they're gonna stage yeah, battle. Yeah, they have it's... to convince Katniss to become the symbol, right? And she's grappling with that because she, if she's going to be a symbol, she also wants to be part of the fight, and they are not really allowing her to do that. Uh, they try to engineer a persona for her that just doesn't work. Hamish, because he's one of the only smart people uh, in these books, is like. You can't actually do this. You have to play to her real strengths because she can't act. Because she can't, she can't act for beans. Uh, one of my favorite things is when they're filming the first propaganda film, and Hamish announces that that is how a revolution dies when they're done filming it. That is pretty funny. This is the first time she's seen Hamish since she like clawed his face, face. and he has scars. Yeah, yeah. And then this all happens very quickly. Like she, uh, when she makes her decision, that decision that she will be their symbol, she gives them a list of stipulations. It's a good list. It's a smart mm-hmm. list. 
uh, Coin will use it to manipulate her in some way. So we're oh lie. yeah, spoiler alert: President Coin ends up being one of the bad guys, but not in like a yeah. not in a heel face turn kind of way, but or a like a face heel turn, but in just oh you're she's just another politician who's just gunning for the top and will do anything yeah. she can to get there. Yeah, when you get to the point where uh, Katniss, spoiler alert assassinates her that is what she does you're kind of like oh yeah that makes sense like, yeah this is the logical conclusion it's very uh, there's i was trying to i was trying to put my mind together about this book earlier and i'll say that i don't think and first of all if you love this book more power to you it's it's i i this book has a lot of fans this my word i'm not saying that my word is like the final say but my opinion on this book is like i don't think it's a very good novel but I do think it's a very good book. Like I think that as a from a as a as a piece of literature, it falls apart a lot. But its ideas and its and its messaging and the characters are all very interesting and very complicated in a way that I wasn't anticipating. So while it just sort of moves around a lot and there's just so much going on and there's a there's and our, our hero isn't privy to a lot of the action. I was still so taken by like the journeys that each character goes on uh, that I that I was like, this is good in a lot of ways, but I don't know if it quite works as a story. It doesn't hang together particularly well. I think the three acts, one does not flow well into the other. It feels uh, really disorienting how we get from Katniss is like a propaganda figure to PETA has been brainwashed and we got to get PETA back to where he's supposed to be. And also maybe Canada should go kill Snow uh, to just a series of a lot of people dying. And then uh, the the book, the way the book ends is just I haven't I still haven't decided how I feel about yeah. this book. And do like I agree with you that there there is a lot going on that makes it. And not the most cohesive narrative. Uh-huh. I remember really loving this one the first couple of times I read it. Uh, this time, certainly it sticks with you, right? But I don't know how far that goes uh, generally. Suzanne Collins' voice that she writes these in is just so compelling that, like, even if even if the story fell apart more than it does here to a like to a significant degree, I'd be like, oh, that was pretty good. She doesn't give the reader much to hold on to after the first two books. The first two books, which are essentially kind of like parallels to each other. (laughs) Yeah. This book sort of follows that structure insofar as once Katniss enters (laughs) the actual invasion of the district, like that whole plan, it's sort of, they set it up so it's sort of like she's in another Hunger Games with another group of allies uh and and the the capital has set up booby traps all throughout the place that function more or less as the hunger games traps except with far more body melting and decapitations but far more lizard men there's a lot of lizard men in this there's like story. a thousand percent more lizard men in this <laughs> book uh, than there were in the prior ones and i'm not complaining but i do think it's worth commenting on uh, you, they dispatch some of our main characters, including Finnick. Spoilers, pretty just just non romantically. Finnick is just one of a few people who get killed, kind of in one moment. 
I believe by the lizard men. Uh, yes, this was uh, this was one of the things where I was like, oh, this is just a horrors of war novel. Yeah, it's like uh, people's deaths ultimately don't mean anything. Yeah, and it feels very nihilistic in those moments. Uh, Finnick also. I mean, unfortunately, before this, like, and not unfortunately, it's to the most credit, but then his death is such a, so unceremonious, he becomes a much more interesting character. He does. He does. You learn a lot about Finnick. You learn a lot about the Hunger Games uh, from Finnick uh, in one of the okay. many, many Wikipedia-esque uh, information dumps that a character gives us. There's a lot in this book that I really wish had been parsed out more, portioned out over the series. I understand why Suzanne Collins withheld a lot of information. It's sort of supposed to shock you, like you had no idea what was going on. And it is shocking when you when you learn that President Snow essentially prostitutes the Hunger Games winners to the highest bidder uh, as long as they're sexually desirable. Like when you learn that, you're like, yeez. Jeez Louise, that's terrible. But then you're also like, it also is coming at you just in this like glut. And then it's, they move on to the next storyline and that's never dealt with again. They don't really let you sit with that bit of information at all. Because then they immediately jump to, also he gets a lot of people assassinated. And that, uh, I think gets a disproportionate amount of weight to the prior revelation, which is so much more like personally affecting to a character that we now care about. Right. It's also in this story. In the story, you start to understand. Oh, Finnick is very much in love with this woman who has been forever irreparably damaged by these games, and it does not matter to him that she is uh, not okay and never going to be okay. And yeah. they're very in love. And I, it, it's. It's too bad that he dies. It's too bad that Finnick dies. That's my hot take. Isn't she pregnant yeah. by the end of this? Yeah. Yeah. That's part Which, of a that's part of why it's so upsetting. Uh Annie I mean, also I they emphasize so much in the previous book that she is essentially mentally absent. That <laughs> she is just a husk of a human. That when they got married, I was like, okay, I guess like it's sort of this symbolic marriage. He's marrying this just almost catatonic human being because he's devoted to her. But then she gets pregnant. I'm like, is this right? Is this okay? Like, I was led to believe she was essentially just checked out. And now I'm like, I guess not. Like, I just, I never got a sense of who Annie was. I assume that you get a better sense of her in the movie because I know she's in the movies. Uh, <laughs> you're scratching your chin. You get a very sense of some things in the movies. Uh, and I do think it's like, it's one of those things where it was wise to split it in two because it doesn't have some of the same problems we run into with this. Like, they're able to do montages rather than info dumps yeah. and that sort of thing, which is nice. Oh, you said that the the Finnick revelation comes on, on the, like, right before all this stuff about snow because BT ends up hijacking the Capitol's broadcasts, Cobra Commander style, and broadcasting these like their own propaganda. And one thing they do is they have Finnick get up there and just because he was sold to the highest bidder repeatedly to these people in the Capitol as a young child uh, who had just won the Hunger Games, he was privy to a lot of secrets. (laughs) And so you do have this scene where he's like 
this happened to me and then this happened to me and then this happened to me and then this happened to me. And then, but I really want you to know about Snow because Snow did this and he did this and he did this. And that's what the scene is. It's basically just this guy standing in front of the camera telling the audience everything, telling the reader everything. <laughs> and while I was reading and you said like, he, you get this revelation about like these children being used as like sex slaves. And then he's like, and President Snow had people assassinated. And I'm like, well, we were assuming President Snow had people assassinated. Like, that's not a, that's not a no, big that's surprise. Like, that's like evil later one one. Like this is a the, right. The other things are much more like much more insidious and also happened happened to a character that when introduced was just like, oh, who's this guy? He seems charming. He uh, he seems a little bit mysterious. And by now we really like Finnick and also mm-hmm. we have a lot of sympathy for Finnick because he is now the same kind of damage that Katniss is. Yeah, and Suzanne Collins makes us complicit in his, uh, what's the term I'm looking for, uh, reputation. Yes. Because, because we're only seeing things through Katniss's eyes, we are led to believe that Finnick is this sort of playboy, man about town, smooth with the ladies, sleeps with a lot of women. And no, he was just a child, like, sex. sex yeah, he was just a child being used. Like, it's really, yeah. it's really bleak. Uh, it's really awful. Yeah, it's super and, bleak. You find out that you just you can't win the Hunger Games, which is weird because I was gonna say it just there's so much of that revealed that if that happens to every victor, or at least every quote unquote attractive victor, uh-huh. this can't be the first time people are hearing about this. Like I guess you you find out that like Hamish's whole family and friends were murdered after he won because he like quote unquote cheated to win, and I'm like yeah. There's so much more going on. Like it, there's so much. Like if the point of the Hunger Games is to turn the districts against each other and keep them constantly on their toes, you're not being very quiet about these ulterior. Like all the, all this revelation. I'm like, there's so much going on. It's clear and the capital's so, just evil. I don't yeah, know. It's so weird too because the flashpoint, like the the breaking point for people in the capital, ends up being snow assassinating people which just seems so arbitrary in contrast with a lot of the other things that are happening yeah it's still bad when uh, people get assassinated i, I want to go on record and say, right oh, like, that's not a it's not a good thing it's just like it feels almost small scale in contrast with literally all of these other revelations we're having like hey entire family being murdered like everyone he cares about getting killed is dropped so casually and they just move on from there man this is a weird book this book's strange. We do get the answer to the question that I asked last time, though, of why the District 12 people, I mean, the District 2 people are also fit. And it's because they're trained, like, you find out about, like, how the children in District 2 are, like, basically just raised to be soldiers. They're raised to be and soldiers. It's the military center. Uh, they don't have yeah. nukes. That's uh, That was District 13. They have everything else. Right. It's like the capital just doesn't really have nukes anymore. Which could have solved a lot of problems for them if they had. It could have solved a lot of problems. Uh, I'm not on the Capitol side, by the way. I feel like I need to clarify that, too. Well, you've just been reading that prequel book, haven't you? So I have been reading the prequel book. (laughs) You find out that District... I was going to say, District 13 is basically poised to become the new capital in all senses of the word. And up to Katniss immediately starting to question why if they have all these resources they've never banded together with the other districts in the first like in the past because bring in people from the other districts and just fi- 
build your army, you've got you know so many times, 12 times more people than the capital has. You find out, of course, it's because Coin just basically wants to overthrow all the districts and yeah, rule so she's just built like this, President Snow. Yeah, she's built this isolated society, uh, has a very strict... Uh, everyone there is... Like, like, everything's very strictly regimented there. Everyone is assigned their, uh, their place. Everyone gets... Uh, a certain amount of food depending on their own body like it's it's a it doesn't seem great doesn't seem like a particularly hospitable place to live but she is running a society i suppose she is and it is very uh walking dead very uh the last of us esque. like here is just an enclave of people with their leader they seem to be okay but there's some weird Mm -hmm. stuff going on like is this really a good place to live or are people being like sacrificed in the background? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, book begins. Katniss is dropped into 13. We learn about 13. Becomes the Mockingjay. She starts appearing in propaganda videos. Uh, at some point, she finds out that PETA is alive. She doesn't know initially. Right. right. Um, BT, who, by the way, absolutely indispensable. Literally, what would they have done without him in this? Right. Uh, yeah, it's a, he's the like only one who knows he, how computers work. <laughs> yeah, as you said, he starts piping things into the broadcasts, like uh, cutting cutting into the broadcasts from the Capitol, uh, showing the propaganda, also like showing footage from other districts, because that is a thing that Katniss starts doing. She starts going to like, she goes to District 12 and they film the whole thing about how much she loves District 12 and how sad she is about District 12. Uh, the, the District 12 bits are... Real bummer. Just kind of, I, I, I kind of did my best to just get through those because everything in these books is a bummer. But I was a, uh, I was done with that at that point. Uh, like she goes to a refugee camp, like a hospital, and then said hospital gets bombed by the capital. Uh, it is you know. literally like, welcome to orphans and puppies hospital, Katniss, <laughs> where we have only the saddest orphans and puppies. And she's like, well, this is just great. Look at all these sad orphans and puppies, and they're all crying. <laughs> and then, like, bombs get dropped, and it's like all Katniss could hear was children that have been cleft in twain screaming for their parents. And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> and beat, and, and Plutarch is like, we gotta, how can we turn this into, into Oscar gold? Okay, so this is part of why I find the character of Plutarch in the movie is so fascinating because he is nothing. Like, he's just no, he is not a character. Yeah. Uh, if you're familiar yeah, Plutarch with, in the books, yeah. Yeah, if you're familiar with uh, The Legend of Korra, he's basically John Michael Higgins' character in that. <laughs> John Michael Higgins would have been a good Plutarch. I could get in on that. I mean, I could not get any more into any other Plutarch but the one we have, but I could I could. But he would have been a good Plutarch. He would have been a good Plutarch. Plutarch has, like a to- again, like another totally useless assistant in this book who's like, <laughs> they get like a, a, why is she there? Like, it's fine. It's fine. It's just another it person is, we get to it know. It is that thing where, where, I mean, I guess because, so it's that in cartoons and in science fiction a lot there are characters who are like in the marvel universe there's characters who are like i am bruce banner i am a scientist which means that whenever anything sciencey needs to get done i know how to do it because i know how to do science and (laughs) with plutarch i'm like you are a game master you're a game maker and designer you are Erno Rubik, you have you are good at creating mazes and maps and gadgets and gizmos. You don't know how to edit a documentary. That's a whole other skill set. But 
now you are also a propaganda mass. Like there's just things like that that I'm like, it's not necessarily a transferable skill. No, it's good that they have Cressida there because she's apparently like an actual filmmaker and it's good that they have Hamish there to be like, hey, that's actually not compelling. But <laughs> he really needs them there. Plutarch is otherwise just, yeah. He's just kind of bopping around. He's very enthusiastic about, like, the wedding. Like, he helps put that on, the Annie Cresta and Finnick O'Dare wedding. Annie Cresta is such a beautiful name, by the way. Just, like, it really such a is. normal and beautiful name. I don't want to sound like I'm re- actually complaining about this. I love all the propaganda stuff. Propos, I think they call them. Propos is what they they're, call them. They're shooting propos. Yeah. And <laughs> they... Uh, I actually really like it, too. I think it's fun. Yeah, they'll go into... Areas where there is actual engagement with the enemy <laughs> and they'll sort of peripherally be involved and then we'll have to reshoot reaction shots and action shots so they can get better angles. And it is that blurring of the line. It's that embedded reporter thing where you're you yeah. are not necessarily reporting on the action. You are dramatizing the the conflict for consumption at home. And yeah, it's beyond propaganda in okay. the sense that it's 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 reality television, which is where these people's experience comes from. Yeah. Yeah. So this and is that how, line uh, between news and reality television. Yeah. So this is initially how Katniss is involved in the war effort at all. And she wants to be ever more involved. And it almost seems like they are about to allow her to go into some kind of combat uh, when you have this moment where PETA breaks through his conditioning while he's on TV, says that they're going, that the capital is going to attack 13. Um, they, uh, Katniss has trouble convincing people that this is a credible uh, claim that PETA is making, which is fair because, uh, you know, we don't know what's going on with PETA, but Katniss is like, well, PETA has never lied before in his life. And Hamish is like, that's correct. The boy is perfect. So they trust him. Uh, and they do like a lockdown drill, basically, or like a, it's like, I forget what, like, it's like a level, it's like a level four drill, like a bomb, <laughs> basically. Uh, and, uh, then they get bombed, uh, for like a couple days, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just I wiped. truly don't remember what happens between the bombing and PETA coming back. <laughs> Does anything. Not much. They are. They're underground for a long time. She's rescued the cat. Oh, yeah. This is when she and the cat become charming together to everyone. Yeah. Yes. Because she she's showing everyone that the cat will chase. Buttercup will chase a flashlight, uh, which is true. Cats will chase lights. I don't know pretty if fun. you know. Uh, it always, I uh, always feel are, mean doing it, but pretty fun. Uh, but, yes, yeah, they're mostly underground. She looks around. She finds that Snow has... has put more roses around um you find out that they sent the rescue mission to the capital they've rescued everyone uh they she goes to see all of her friends Peta looks up at Caesar and then starts strangling her to death. yes uh Peta strangles her this is the this is one of those like Suzanne Collins is the absolute master of ending a chapter by making you gasp about something yeah like I would yeah. always be all set to like stop reading for the night and then something like this would happen I'd be like well Guess I have to keep going. So Peta strangles her to such a severe degree that she can't talk for a bit. Yeah. Which yeah. is uh, a lot. It's a lot that happens. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like 
her recovering, there's a lot of like her training with Joanna because she's not up to being an actual soldier. So they have to go through soldier training and they're, but they're both like suffering from their own like internal problems. Uh, Candace's yeah, ribs Joanne... get broken, so she she has to like, take this uh, this this like special therapy that'll repair your bones really fast, but it's super painful. Like there's a lot that's just like going on. Yeah, you also find training. out that Joanna was tortured, like water tortured, so yeah. she's terrified of water. Because Candace is for a while like, oh, why won't she shower? This is so strange. She could shower, and then eventually you find out, oh yeah, there's a. Yeah. Very clear cut reason for that. It only comes into play like in the very, like just one scene where they're like, why is Joanna crying? And they're like, it's the water. She was t- tortured by the water. And then you're like, okay, that's like, there's no like big payoff for that. Like, I understand oh, you don't no, have that payoff, but it's, it's kind of like in Freddy versus Jason when you find out that <laughs> they're like, Jason's afraid of the water. And you're like, oh no, is but it's only just so that they can keep him like, they need something for him to be frightened of. Right. Uh, it's not like they didn't. It's not like they didn't break her body enough. And like, <laughs> oh yeah. So I don't know. Uh, Joanna starts like uh, siphoning morphling from Katniss's supply yes. because they're not giving her enough of it. And uh, uh. initially, it's like, okay, maybe she has a dependency problem. No, she doesn't. They're absolutely not giving her enough of it. Like they're both very sick. And that is why they start training together at like a low level. Uh, they both want to go into battle. They both want to be soldiers. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of ancillary things that happen. Like uh, Peta helps through deconditioning by Deli Cartwright, a character that has been named but never seen. Yeah. Uh, it's great yeah. to it's great cool to that have it's her like, stop by. Because what do you get at a deli? You can get some uh, pita. Oh, I bread. Like, what? It's yeah. It's the, it's thematically linked. Okay, I'll, I'll, you go to the I'll deli. You, you can ask for pita at a deli. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird that his name is Pita. That was a kind of bread, right? It is weird. Though, yeah, it's weird. Should she do that on purpose? <laughs> it's been pointed out. These books are making me dumber. <laughs> he um, makes bread <laughs> anyway. So Joanna isn't allowed to go into combat, but Katniss is. Joanna yes. because she's afraid of water, and they might there's might be some water around. And so it's a very easy thing to weaponize, whereas Katniss, well, we haven't figured out if they have figured out what Katniss is most afraid of yet. Well, and Katniss has already said to the president, I want to go and I want to kill Snow. I want to murder Snow with my own bare hands. And everyone's just like, vaya con Dios. You know, you are you are have a ball. Like it's going to be there. This is to do this. He has destroyed a lot of what she loves. And yeah, so Joanna's like, I can't go fight with you. But when you go fight, you get that snow and you kill him for me. So oh, yeah. that's uh, she and Joanna are kind of Joanna. friends. They're kind of friends yeah. by this point. Uh, yeah. Joanna is also like kind of was basically in the trenches with PETA. So they have like a nice little bond. Uh, Finnick and Joanna already had a bond. Presumably the same sort of abuse that came down on Finnick came down on Joanna. I think we yeah. can assume. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they head out to like they have they're they're in this squad and there's Katniss and Gale, the superstar Finnick, squad. Yep, Holmes, everyone's favorite character. Jackson, everyone's second favorite character. What about uh, Mitchell? Mitchell, Mitchell, played by Jodan Baker. Uh, <laughs> League One I went and to League Two. High school with a boy named Mitchell Holmes, so this really amused me that those two were friends. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that's uh, pretty good. the twin. Yeah, the the double mint twins. 
uh, and Box, who is our like leader. And then we have Cressida and Pollux and Castor, who are our camera crew and who are actually dressed like cameras. Uh, yeah, like yeah. Uh, like kind of like if you've ever seen is, is uh, what's the uh, real life the movie real life thing is the Albert Brooks movie. I just imagine them like that, like they have like the giant like sort of cameras heads and they're just walking around the she whole time. To, like Katniss refers to them as insects a lot and then does it to their faces and it's like I'm sorry I don't know your yeah. names. Right, right, right. You're just it's really it, weird. It, it, like any television star who doesn't know the camera person's name. Uh, Caster and Pollux, uh, I mean, these are, uh, these are mythological things. We know this. We already know this. Yeah. We also know that in Face Off, that's the, those are the names of Caster Troy, the, the uh, Nicolas Cage character, and his brother, Pollux. Which is why, in the movies, these two characters are played by Nicolas Cage and actually John Travolta. It's a very straight... It was stunt casting... And they steal every scene. It's amazing. We're going to get... See, when we talk about the movie, I'll be able to talk about how I've met one of those two men. And I'm very excited That's to right. do that. But first, first, we have to talk about the scenes in which everybody dies in this book. So they have this holographic thing that's like their map, basically. Yeah. Uh, it's like a Star Wars thing. Oh, and I also love Candace... that we didn't talk about cracking the nut. We just skipped that part. Uh, we got they, like a, because they, the nut gets cracked. Yeah, they participate in an attack on two. Uh, they're able to get some rebels out of two. It's fine. It's yeah. great. It's the last district to fall. Yes, they are in the capital now. They have a holographic map that's like on, I think Boggs is their leader, right? And mm-hmm. he is the, like, he's squad leader. He gets to have the map on his arm. Yeah. And, it and has... if you, you, you can't, you can't steal it because it, it it only responds to him, but if yeah, you, it has if like his biometric it, signature on it. And you say like sandwiches, sandwiches, sandwiches. It'll like blow up. I don't remember what the you code say. Word nightlock, is. nightlock, nightlock. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> as much as I would love if you said sandwiches as your Beetlejuice word, <laughs> it is a Beetlejuice word. It's a Beetlejuice word. They had to say it three times, and uh, uh, the map has some things like they they have been able to find. Maybe, perhaps not the newest version of it, the most updated version, uh, but it uh, it has an overlay that displays where there are pods uh, in yeah. the capital, and pods are booby traps. Uh, but they're not fun booby traps. They're not like, oh, oh, oh <laughs> no. cool trick. They're... Uh, I mean, they are cool tricks. They are very cool tricks if you love when people die horrifically. <laughs> Yes, horrifically. Perfectly. Starts out this is small. The, some, this is the most builds. violent, uh, like this is the most catastrophically violent stuff that happens in this series. I'm talking. I'm talking. People caught in beams of light that again melt them. I'm talking darts. There's tracker jackers everywhere. There's a wave <laughs> of black goo that I actually about works the wave of black goo. That, in that their black favor. Goo persists. <laughs> Because the black goo is like, oh, no, it's a giant wave of black goo. And then they're like, wait a minute. If we can, like, get undercover from the black goo, then the black goo is going to cover all the cameras. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, it's worked in our favor. Uh, uh, just as the odds. There is. So one of the Doublement twins gets killed, and it makes the other one sad. Oh, yeah. Their names uh, are League One and League Two. Right. You don't need to know anything else about them. They Have are you mentioned that PETA a... is there? Oh, right. So President Coyne wants... Katniss dead and Katniss figures this out and so to get Katniss to be dead we assume that's why she sends Peta along with them and everyone's like because like, he's still just like because he's still like 
flipping out half the time. He's he like, is... I don't know what's real or not. Yeah, and they give he... him a like they give him a gun. He is to the point where he won't just straight up kill Katniss if they're together. Uh and they all sort of take shifts explaining to Peter what is real and what is not real. Play a little game right. called real, not real. And he describes things to them and they tell him whether or not that is like a an implanted memory or something actually happened. And it's Katniss actually a has very, to play it the most. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very cool, dramatic thing because the last time they do it, it's very touching. Uh she Actually, asked yes. him. I, yeah. I mean, I, it, it works. Like, it, it works nicely. Pre-epilogue, I loved how this book ends. But yeah, we'll get yeah. there. Before um, they all yeah. meet at the Hogwarts Express. Uh, uh, okay, so, so. And you find out the cat has named her kid Snape or something. I don't remember. <laughs> cat has named her kid Plutarch. Ben Solo. Um <laughs> So, her kid. They don't say. Um, yeah. Uh, so they're yeah. So Peta's with them on their uh, on their bogus journey through the capital. Uh, he is helpful at times because he's a powerful fighter. But then there are other times that you know he freaks out and kills a member of their team. At one point, they just lock him in a closet for a while. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that my favorite part. They just <laughs> throw him in a closet. They throw him in a closet, and he like uh, like. Uh, nervous breakdowns himself to sleep basically like yeah uh he's he's pounding on the door like he's kicking out he's like a baby in the womb uh <laughs> and bear in mind that boggs the squad leader is basically like the president sent peter to kill you like boggs yeah. people are well aware of what's going on that the that the that the president is not up to any good and that peter has just been sent there as a not as a as a double agent as a no. as a single agent, it's a, it'd be like if if you infiltrated a group by just running in with a gun every five minutes and screaming, "I'm going to kill you," because that's what Peta does. So I said earlier, I'm I'm a big Boggs fan. He's he's funny. Yeah. He's got some good quips. Uh, and mm-hmm. he is uh he's pro mocking Jay. He is like an actual rebel. He uh he doesn't have any strong loyalty to coin. And in fact, yeah. uh, when he dies, because he is one of the many uh, characters who dies horrifically, uh, he transfers his uh, his uh, his hologram map to Katniss. Yeah, how does also, how does Bob's, uh, Bob's die? legs get blown off? That's right. He's then like he dies. He's like golleming backwards at one point and just steps on a on a trigger that yeah, they, blows they're, his legs they're off. They're literally laughing as a squad. Like they have like this one moment uh of of like happiness and then and then mirth and then he, he loses his legs and then he dies. He dies. Yeah. Uh well he lingers for a while because war he is does, hell, uh, Christy. Yeah. There's also around the time uh we realize that like Katniss thought she was being really clever and not letting anyone in on her plan, which was to kill Snow. It wasn't just to, like, infiltrate the Capitol, which is what they were assigned to do. And everyone is like, yeah, we know that, Katniss. We're not stupid. Well, they literally say, we know you said that at the beginning of the book. They're like, <laughs> you told the, you told everyone that's what you wanted to he do. You told the reader. You told the, he communicated right. very strongly to the reader of this book. But they're like, but they say, too, they say, she says... I want to be the one to kill Snow. Like, that, she says that to the president. Like, of course people know, like, what's going yeah. on in her head. Uh, she's, uh, Katniss always thinks she's sneakier than she is, which is kind of, it's an endearing character trait. Uh, 
We also learned that uh, that the former peacekeeper uh, Darius <laughs> from District 12 and Lavinia, who was an AVOX in the first book, uh, have both been uh, executed and that PETA was forced to watch them be executed. We do find uh, they were They were tortured for information, but they're AVOXs, so they couldn't speak. They were just tortured for fun. It's one of those little things where you're just like, oh, I'm watching people get blown up left and right. At least I'm not having to hear about the horrific tortures going on at the... Nope, here, just got to throw that one in there for us. Just remember those characters you sort of cared about? Well, you're going to feel bad about them now. Again, this isn't a criticism. It's just this book is relentless. It's really, it's rough. It's rough because then we, uh, like... There's this whole, yeah, the whole, like, the final, not the final quarter of the book, because the final, uh, final, like, ten pages or so are, like, Katniss uh, getting some uh, fragile bits of sanity back together. But but before yeah. before that, we must kill most of the members of her squad. Uh, we must kill Prim, because let's not forget that Prim dies. Oh, yeah, wait, but hold on. We haven't even talked about Mitchell. Mitchell. <laughs> Mitchell. Is Mitchell the one who gets caught in a net? Well, oh my, 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 Mitchell, <laughs> hanging from a barbed wire net. <laughs> it is him, right? Yeah, well, he gets snapped up in a net that's made of barbed wire, basically. And I guess it's, yeah, it's the worst barbed spikes. wire because he's he's like instantly killed. It's just like, eh, you got Chewbacca. Sorry, Mitchell. But the reason he gets killed is because Peter starts having a freak out. And so Mitchell's like, snap out of it. And... And Peter's like, he shoves him and he flies into the net. Yes, Peter's like, I will not snap out yeah. of it. But pods are going off left and right. Because this is like right after Boggs triggers his pod. There's also like more goo coming. Yeah. There's like a lot going on. and a, a lot happens very quickly. Multiple people die in like, okay, so there's like these lizard man uh, mutts that are like the grossest things ever. Ever, maybe? They sound horrible. Sound really awful. Yeah. They're bipedal li- lizard guys who can also crawl around. Oh, far like it's it, it's bad. Uh, I think those maybe kill Finnick. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, down in the sewers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they're they like break into a Capitol apartment uh, and they climb below the Capitol apartments and they uh, navigate the sewer system in part because Pollux, who by the way is an Avox and was therefore uh-huh. like an indentured servant of the Capitol. And worked in the sewers for many years. Uh, this is another thing that is that is actually not casually dropped. That is given a little bit more weight than some of the other things. But this is another like, hey, by the way, they're also torturing people you've never met before and now are important to you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we can't. Speaking of things that speaking of things that happen and then don't really get dealt with uh later on in the story, we're kind of jumping around a little bit, but a lot of stuff is happening. <laughs> There's a, there's no I way to not jump around with this because it also feels very frenetic in this part. Like I couldn't tell you what order these people die in or like so, it's yeah. They're down in the sewers. They're being chased by the lizard men. This is where uh yeah this is where a, a bunch of people get killed at. There's like a meat grinder and people yeah, are like we'll handle we'll handle the meat grinder and then they get killed. And then they're climbing up the ladder to get out of the out of the sewers, and that's when Finnick and a couple other people get killed. That's when Katniss takes the hollow that's been given her, and she drops it down the hole, and she says, "There's sandwiches, sandwiches, sandwiches." <laughs> the hologram blows up, uh, destroying all the the lizard men. But they come up and they find uh, they they're like, "How do? We, oh no! How, what do we do?" 
They find an apartment and they go inside this apartment. And remember, they're in the Capitol. They find this apartment. They walk inside and there's a woman there like eating Pringles or something. And she looks up and she's like, oh, my. And Katniss just shoots her right in the face yeah, and Katniss kills her. Murders a woman in cold without blood. giving it a second thought. This is a civilian. This is not a yeah. this is not a, a combatant. This is clearly a civilian. This is just uh, a citizen Kat- of the Capitol. Yep. sheltering in her apartment like this is not yep uh, and okay yeah you can say she lives in the capital obviously she's she's complicit not gonna not gonna go for that explanation personally regardless this is very strange there are a lot of different things that could have been done instead uh but yeah no Cadmus is a Cadmus is a murderer she doesn't really think about it very much Cadmus kills her and they, they they say like oh she was gonna like yell she would have yelled she would have yelled she would have yelled just like maybe like with a bunch of guns trained on her, she might have stayed silent. She might have. And I understand that, like, in the fog of war, there's, you know, you can't say, there's there's the rules of combat, but then there's what actually happens when you're out there. But what Katniss does is literally a war crime. Like, yeah. this is, she commits probably what's considered one of the most heinous things you can do in war, which is deliberately kill civilians. Not mm-hmm. even deliberately killing a civilian for uh, propaganda reasons. Or because they are in the way, but because that's the first thing she thought to do was kill this yep. woman. And it's brought up once later on, but then it's never dealt with. And I found it very interesting that Suzanne Collins, who wrote these books as an exercise in exploring just and unjust war and the tactics we use, uh, pr- particularly insurgent war. Uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, uh, like unbalanced, uh, asymmetrical war yep. Yep. where there's a, a government against a people. And, and that she's super concerned with the moral choices we make in war and that she would have our protagonist do this and not have that be a reverberating factor in anything, really. Nope. Like, it's I, ass- I wonder if we're supposed to assume it's one of the things that she's like at the very end, like one day my children will learn what we did. But it's not pointed out. Re- I, I'm just bothered by it because it feels like this should have been a turning point, like for Katniss. Like, I don't know, maybe this is what ma- tells her that she has what it takes to like kill the people she needs to. I don't know, because then a I'm whole really bunch of other stuff by happens. The inclusion of this and even more so than by the lack of reflection on it. Because uh, uh-huh. Katniss is in solitary confinement later in the book, and this never comes up while she's like having her long dark night of the soul. Uh, is it? it uh, you you could like if you look at it sideways, you could say that the epilogue is maybe referring to this, but I don't know that it is. Like it's certainly not explicitly specifically referring to it. It's really nuts, and so this is but but this is where they get, have the opportunity to like take stock of the group because now they have killed the civilian so they can hunker down in her apartment uh briefly until somebody thinks of another way that they can move forward and the next location they could go to so and we can't stay on one thing too long because i have a gumby cat in mind and her name is tigress annie dots because here (laughs) she comes everyone's favorite sexy cat i like tigress a lot yeah, because she's awesome. She's inexplicable. Uh, she works uh-huh. in a she works in a shop of mostly furs. Uh, and Cressida is like, "Okay, I have a plan, but you're not gonna like it." And Cadmus is like, "Lay it on me." <laughs> Cressida and Cressida is like, "There's this woman who's been capitalized beyond recognition, and she looks like a kitty cat, and we're gonna go so, hang out in her first store." 
Something. I've seen the photos of the character in the movie who does not look like she's described in the book. Because in the book, it's supposed to be a woman who's been surgically altered to look like a cat, but it's supposed to be extraordinarily hard to look at. Yeah. Like, this is this is not right, what she has done to her face. Like, it's just supposed nah, to be- she's kind of pretty so, in the movie. Yep. She's kind of cool in the, looking in the movie. She looks like a Thundercat in the movie. And yeah, she does. She has very in, strong Chitara vibes. And here, it's supposed to be like Uncanny Valley cat person. Like, it's not yeah. good. Like, she it's has not implanted a, whiskers in her face. And yeah. It's, yeah, it's unpleasant. Uh, anyway, and she, she knows them in a because, Yeah, the point is that she's, as you said, been capitalized so yes. much that she's now shunned by the capital. Like, yes. she's overdone it. And so they force her to just work in this out-of-the-way shop, which means, of course, that she has resentment, which means, of course, that she wants the president to get killed, which means, of course... <laughs> That she was willing to hide the rebels in her bunker. She uh, hides the rebels in her bunker. Hides them for however long it's necessary to hide rebels until uh, they're able to uh, find a route in to toward the president's mansion. Just where Snow is hanging yeah. out. Uh, but she also overhears Gail and Peta have a conversation about who gets her. I hate Who gets that. Katniss at the end? Of, who gets Katniss at the end of all this mess? I don't I hated know. That. You know why I, I get... hated that? Let me tell you why I hated that. It is so much like a conversation Edward and Jacob have in Breaking <sighs> or in uh, what's the third one? Breaking Eclipse. Bad. Yeah. It okay. Took me so long. <laughs> it was like several minutes that it took me. Uh, in Eclipse, uh, the third Twilight book, is a very similar conversation that she overhears in the same way that Katniss overhears this one. Except this one is worse because this is not what I want this book to be about at any point. It's weird because they say, I guess she'll end up with whoever she can't live without or whatever, or can't survive without. Yeah, and Katniss, Katniss is like, those is a really awful thing to say about her. And she's like, in her mind, she's like, how dare they? How dare they? And so I was, in my head, I was like, oh, right. Like, no one is supposed to end up with anyone at the end of all this. It's <laughs> like, these are all damaged souls who've only hurt each other. And once all the excitement has died down, they won't be able to look at each other anyway. And also, I don't think Katniss is really into anyone in this story, except maybe uh, 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 Finnick, yeah. who was already taken. She and Finnick trauma bond pretty hard in this book. Uh, I, I honestly thought, I'm not a shipping person. I don't ship characters. I don't want to be like, I hope so-and-so gets together. I honestly thought she and Joanna were moving towards something. Like, it just felt like that. Like, oh, this this would make sense. Like, this would actually make a lot of sense. I am a like, person who ships, and I do ship that. And I do, from like, from the moment Joanna is introduced in the second movie, and then you can look back at the second book and be like, aha, Cadmus's jealousy is perhaps rooted in attraction. But here they really, like, they make them this uh, unlikely pair and they bond very mm -hmm. fiercely, like very quickly. And I do With like a lot it. of respect. Like they, yeah. they learn to appreciate each other in a way that honestly never happens with PETA. Like their their thing never seems to move beyond like surface level attraction from him. Yeah. And that whole like speed, Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, 
people who meet under like stressful circumstances, their relationships are like doomed. Like once the stress is over, like that whole thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> like once the war is done, I can see them just like, what do we have? We had the war and now there's no more war. But well, yeah, and that's then what he you see. Her. But what does Suzanne Collins and more importantly, what do her editors see? And, you know, what does PETA mean? <laughs> Bread. Uh, so Babies. So they hide out. They make their uh, moves inward. Uh, they dress up like yeah, capital I just people, want to skate over brilliant. all this. Prim dies. Prim dies. Uh, this is a thing that happens so, in okay. this book. <laughs> President Snow has surrounded the Capitol building with children. Like, just, yes. <laughs> just basically just piled a bunch of kids in front of the building and is like, what are you going to do? And they're, they, they're like the children of people in the Capitol, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just the kids, like all the available children. The parachutes come, and they are like they are supply parachutes. So the kids are like, "Yay, parachutes!" <laughs> they reach up and grab them, and the parachutes aren't full of toys and supplies. They're full of bombs, full which of blow bombs. the children to pieces. So then the medical people come rushing in, neener, neener, <laughs> and one of them holding a stretcher with a big, big, big <laughs> spinning light on her head, like Inspector Gadget, uh, her. Doe eyes just filled with sparkles and tears because she is the she is the Japanese anime Cosette from the Les Mis adaptation <laughs> is Prim herself, all of three years old, who's been somehow turned like you're like, oh, a coin has allowed her to be this because they go running up to save the pieces of children and then mm-hmm. more bombs go off. Everyone's blown up. Katniss gets knocked out. When she wakes up, the book is over. Like, when she wakes up, they're like, oh, by the way, we won the war. Which makes sense. Yes, yeah. They uh, they won the war because it's 13 who throws the bombs on the yeah. capital children. Because we find, yeah, we find out that you're supposed to think the capital bombed their own kids. Because it was the capital's hovercrafts and yeah. machines and everything. But no, it's, but it, it was But it was 13. actually Gale, because <laughs> those are his, those are his bombs. It's true. That's what they say. They I use his know. tactics. No. It was actually Gale. It was Gale. Yeah. And Plutarch and all of the rest. Yes. They, they, and because Coin wanted to kill every, like, Coin has been trying to kill Katniss. She knew that this would be a great way to turn everyone totally against the Capitol, even the Capitol people, because it blew up all their kids. <laughs> it worked. It worked. And now Katniss is now. recovering and they're like, we caught Snow. You get to murder him if you want, if you're going to murder him. But Coin has this cool idea. <laughs> What's her cool idea? Well, part of her cool idea is that everyone gets to vote. Uh, the victors get to vote on whether or not the Hunger Games should happen again. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's just a once, big part. Just one Hunger Game. Just using the children of the Capitol people. We promise it's only one. And, but we're just using this to show them that they can't get away with it again. Okay, so I do have a question about this. And... Candace yes. votes in favor of the Hunger Games. Yes. Um, no, I, the actual question sure. here is, does she think that they are actually going to go forward with this? No, because I think I thought that she votes for the Hunger Games so that everyone would just assume that Katniss was on the side of President Coin. Yeah. Like okay. it keeps them. Yeah, because she's Cause able she, to put up the, the she's able to put up the this is for Prim thing. Like this because they killed Prim. Right. Because at this point, point she's pretending though, she doesn't know that it's 13. 
Because Katniss has now had a conversation with the captive Snow. Mm-hmm. She goes looking for, she's wandering around the old mansion. She's like, I want to go into this room. I want to look at the flowers in this garden. And they're like, you can't go in there. But then she gets allowed in because she's the Mockingjay and President Snow's in there and they have this long conversation. And this is a scene that I was really unhappy with because I didn't like that Snow had to point out all this stuff to Katniss. I thought it would be cooler if Katniss, if you sort of looked back, if she looked back on everything that had happened since she arrived at District 13 and pieced together Coin's plan. It was like, holy crap, this whole time Coin has been trying to simply become the new President Snow. And she's responsible for the death of Prim. Instead, that's just what Snow says to her. He's like, you thought you were so clever. Kenneth is often the last to know things, like granted. But I don't think think she would be too naive to have put this together by this point. I mean, I get that they wanted her to have a final scene with Snow. Like, I get why it's in there. Like, you want them, they've been adversaries for three books now. He does a little bit of not so different you and I, just a little. Uh, a little bit. I couldn't figure uh, out what is, what's the poison blood mouth? I couldn't quite piece together what what was going on with the his blood mouth. Why does his mouth like I? It, I it just went over really my head know. when I was reading. I don't it. really know. He eats a lot of roses or something. It's very confusing. There's something about him bleeding, but there's something like there's poison, like he's dying or something. There's something because yeah, he's dying when she leaves him. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. Oh, yeah, so, so he gets strapped to a pole. She gets given her Hunger Game bow and arrow. She goes out to shoot a, a hole through the the snow. And Coin is like, "Ha ha, good, good. My my plan's all working out." And then Coin's like, "I'll just be right here with my head on Snow's shoulder. Now shoot him in the face." And then Caddis is like, eh. and shoots Snow a coin instead. And then she's Snow like, I did really it. I... Snow does a what? Snow giggles a lot over this. He does. He does. Snow's delighted. Um, uh, yeah, so. Then Katniss uh, gets knocked out again. Katniss gets unconscious a lot in these Kat- books. <laughs> this book simply loves to knock out Katniss. And then she's in solitary confinement. Presumably they're just trying to figure out what to do. Like they're having the dust settle, I suppose. Yeah, well, yeah. So she kills the president, and then there's like a, a full on like freak out by everyone. She thinks she's going to get executed. Yeah, we got to figure out what to do because she just killed the dang president. Like, this is, yeah. like, this is a big deal. It would be like if John Wilkes Booth was like, six Tyrannus and like shot Abraham Lincoln. And then he was just like, he faints. And then he wakes up and everyone's like, well, you know what? Well, none of us really like that Lincoln guy anyway. <laughs> and we're, re- we're really invested in you marrying your sweetheart. <laughs> that takes some doing. That takes a little while because- yeah. End of the day, Candace is allowed to go back to District 12. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, everyone's dead. Everyone she's ever cared about who's not Peta or Hingamich Abernathy or Gail is dead. Uh, and she doesn't really like Gail, Gail anymore. <laughs> no, and why should she? Gail is like a master tactician of war somewhere. Yeah. And she's like, good. Hated that guy. Uh, and uh, one day she looks out the window of her District 12 house. And sees Peter with a wheelbarrow. And I just like, this image really gets me because he's probably still like pretty wasted away. Like, yeah. He's probably in pretty dire straits. I'm just imagining a, a boy with the world's darkest circles under his eyes pushing a wheelbarrow full of primroses and be like, I did this for you. Yeah. And Katniss sees the flowers at first and she's like, roses? Like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, and this, this has been like pointed out. It's like an activation code at this point. Primroses don't look like ro- like 
you wouldn't see a bunch of no. primroses and go, that's a bunch of roses. Like, <laughs> I get, it's like she read the word. It's like on the side of the wheelbarrow, it says prim on one side and roses on the other. And she only sees one side of the wheelbarrow. And it's like, what? He's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, those look nothing like roses. Those uh, those look almost like buttercups, which is ironic because the cat the cat is named Buttercup. Well, short long story short, they've convinced everyone that Katniss was just a little like crazy at the time, and that she didn't know what she was doing, so let her go. Because that's usually what happens when you pass any president. I get it though; like everyone had kind of figured out that Coin was simply going to turn them into another capital, so (laughs) they were like, "It's probably for the best." I guess any of them then could have assassinated her. It would have been okay, but leave it up to them. What's one more traumatic thing to happen to our, <laughs> our protagonist? She's so far gone anyway. She's going to marry the bread boy. Uh, yeah, she's far enough gone that at the end of this series, she and uh, Peta have children. Yeah. They had children. Mm-hmm. They bring children into this world. And I get it. I get that you're supposed... This whole time, you're like, this is no world for human beings, human life. And at the end, it's supposed to represent like, yeah, now we can move on. Now we can grow. Like, the capital is done. The districts are starting to work together to rebuild the world. Uh, England and France are like, what's been going on over there all this time? (laughs) Ever since we lost contact with America 75 years ago. And like you said, the the real, not real thing is actually used very effectively at the end here when... Peta asks, you love me, real or not real? She says real, and she means it because she does love him. Because, uh, probably, excuse me, probably Katniss always did love Peta. It just wasn't in precisely the way he wanted her to. I mean, yeah, they also heavily imply, though, she's like, I guess I'm just gonna, I guess it was just supposed to be like this. Like, that's kind of her attitude. Like, there's only ever been two guys, and one of them killed my sister, kind of, inadvertently, so... I guess I'm I guess I love the other I don't feel a lot of strong passion it's kind of like in Parks and Rec I never really bought the relationship between uh our our, I can't remember anyone's name uh Amy Leslie and Ben between yes I never bought their romance I was only just told I was supposed to and that's kind of how I feel with Katniss and Peeta like you've been through a lot I guess but there's a lot of other guys out there like there's a pretty good looking guards i bet <laughs> like can i spoil the end of the movie the apartment it's my favorite movie go for it can i do that uh so at the end of the movie the apartment jack lemon and shirley mclean are playing cards and jack lemon has been obsessed with shirley mclean this entire movie in a very uh wholesome way and tells her he loves her and like he tells her like she's everything he's ever wanted out of life and she looks at him and she says shut up and deal and they play cards Katniss is Shirley MacLaine in this scenario. Katniss is like, well, I guess I'm going to be playing cards with this boy who bakes bread for the rest of my life and I'm going to be okay with it. There is also like this kind of nice coda here where Peta draws pictures and Katniss Uh. writes words in a book documenting everything that happened to them, everyone they knew. They do it's write inspired the Hunger by like Games. her father. Yeah. Yeah, they call the they close it and write the Hunger Games on the cover like they did in the Game of Thrones finale. Yeah, at the end of yes. And and she's like, I'm gonna change my name to Suzanne Collins. <laughs> and you're like, Oh <laughs> so Ga- Game of Thrones actually stole this ending, is what I'm getting at. But yeah, this book is a this book's a lot. This book is, is like uh, is it's pretty uneven. Uh doesn't really flow particularly well. Certainly it is memorable. It's very memorable. Uh and it certainly there are things that are now seared into my brain. I 
Uh, oh, I see. It says right here, President Snow. Uh, he smells of roses and blood and poisoned people to come to power. So he poisoned people. That's how he killed them. He oh, also he had to develop an immunity. Yep. He also drinks the poison when he poisons people so as not to look suspicious. He takes an antidote, but it does not stop open sores from forming in his mouth, which give off a bloody smell that he uses rose perfume cool. to cover up. That's disgusting. Sick. Maybe there were better ways to kill people, President Corny- Coriolanus nice. Snow. <laughs> Terrible name. Uh, yeah, I, I, think I'm, I think I'm with you. Good book. Maybe not a great novel. Yeah, but interesting. And it. Oh, I'm so glad it's written the way it is because it is a fascinating piece of literature. Yes, and it. Uh, and probably to. I mean, if Suzanne Collins ever listened to this, which she won't, um, she would probably be happy to know this book drove me into the arms of Michael Walzer, uh, reading his book Just and Unjust Wars. Uh, the fifth edition, because he he keeps updating it every time we get into more of a mess. The fifth edition, which focuses in the intro on uh, uh, asymmetrical war and insurgency and the rules of war. Like, it's a very fascinating book. If you ever get a chance to read Just and Unjust Wars by uh, by by, by uh, Michael Walzer, it's, it's, it covers a lot of what Suzanne Collins is fascinated by. Uh, but this book, this is one of those books that you could, if you read the series in a class, just teach from this book about the the more the morality of warfare and the morality of conflict. Yeah. Like who's in the right? Should Katniss have shot that woman and killed her? Were there other options? Will you ever fight a lizard man? Like those are the questions that you you fight. What happens if your friends want to go to the meat grinder? Tell them no. Don't step. <laughs> don't walk backwards in a battle zone. Uh, don't push a guy into a barbed wire net or you're, everyone will blame you. Oh, do we get to say goodbye to our barbed wire net in a few minutes Ooh. here? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of things we can say goodbye to today, you realize? Yeah, because there's a lot of things in this book. I want to say I want to say goodbye to the Doublemint Twins, but we haven't gotten there yet. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> well, we will say goodbye to the Doublemint Twins, but uh, for now, yeah, uh, book, done. We've read, we've read it. We've done them. I mean, we we have a prequel to get through, but we we've read the trilogy. We're we finished. We've read we the Ridge Tridge. Yep, the Ridge Tridge. I like it. And uh, suit. And we're gonna watch a we're gonna watch a, a cute little movie directed by Francis Lawrence, uh, the Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part Part One, one. Uh, part, part Fun, one. more like because I can't wait for this one. Uh, th- no, I the second one is way more fun. I'm looking forward to this. I love a, I love a good book turned into two movies. I love my It's. I love my Deathly Hallowses. I love honestly. My, I kind of do. I love I'm my into eclipses. This. Like I'm into the dividing it in half. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's Mockingjay. We did it. It's uh, Mockingjay. We are we are going to have two episodes about this movie. We are covering the prequel, uh, and it does have a we movie are, coming out. And then out. we'll come back uh, months from now right. to cover the the film but we also have uh we won't go into what they are but we have some special stuff coming up in relation to do. these very hunger games so if you're one of the three people who listens to this show <laughs> uh yeah, it's gonna be exciting uh but you can check us start doing individual shout outs at the end of episodes please check us out on twitter please check us out on twitter facebook uh please check us out on your podcast player of your choice, Spotify, Audible, iPodcasts, 
Pocket Casts. <laughs> I don't know what people listen to. I use Pocket Casts. I use Pocket that's Casts. A, yeah, sync- that's a, this, this isn't an ad, but I endorse Pocket Casts as a podcast. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I endorse not letting your friends go anywhere near the meat grinder. Don't go near the meat grinder. Don't do that. And don't, don't do infiltrate that. the nut. <laughs> Unless you really want to. Unless you really want to. Who am I to say who infiltrates the nut? <laughs> what are we saying goodbye to you? Ah, oh, the twins, the twins. Yes. So, goodbye, double mint <laughs> twins. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye, League One and League Two. Gone, but not forgotten. And now I've forgotten. <laughs> and he's a... Yeah. I need to let Scott out of his bedroom prison. Okay. 